Greetings. Welcome to Elephant Podcast on Shisha. Today we speak to Selina Ward. She's a tobacco control advocate and capacity building officer from the Institute for Legislative Affairs. Welcome, Selina. Thank you. One could argue that the fight against tobacco has been successful in many regards, both globally and nationally. Would you kindly elaborate on the journey on tobacco control? Um, tobacco control, um, especially for Kenya and Africa, has um, gone through a lot of um, interesting and some major events, of course, with breakthroughs and some challenges in the process. All this comes from the, the issue being tobacco, how it has been used, not just Kenya, but globally for centuries. After several years of research and um, experience from other countries, that actually evidence showing that tobacco use is um, a big problem, not only to public health, but also to the environment, to the economy, to development, that there was a, a wave of, you know, countries being required or called upon to come up with laws that control how tobacco is managed or used in their countries. Initially, tobacco was just assumed like any other consumer product that a consumer can go and buy and use. But after research and evidence showed that tobacco use actually is a major problem. Actually, it said that tobacco is a risk factor for six of the eight major non-communicable diseases. In Kenya, non-communicable diseases account for over 50% of admissions in public hospitals. Further still, about 5% of deaths resulting from non-communicable diseases can be directly attributable to tobacco use. WHO has done a lot of research and provided evidence in terms of the epidemic of tobacco and all of these are geared towards providing evidence for policies on tobacco control for countries that have not adopted their own and actually for strengthening tobacco control law. And now going back to how we have come to Kenya to this point to have our own Tobacco Control Act, it's a journey that started from WHO uh, coming up with FCTC. This is the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. And this law, if I can call it that, this international law is, is um, housed under the WHO and the United Nations and it is, it is said that it is the only international uh, treaty that has been widely or the most adopted or ratified than any other international law. Given that it touches on public health, many countries have embraced it and are using it and actually are recommended to use it as the benchmark for developing their own national laws on tobacco control. Because the FCTC is evidence-based, as I, as I mentioned earlier, it came after um, lengthy research and evidence to show just how lethal and dangerous tobacco is and the need for countries to have policies on tobacco control. So Kenya was amongst the, the, the very first countries to ratify this, this international law Kenya actually signed and ratified it in 2004. From that, it was a requirement that Kenya has to develop our own national law on tobacco control, benchmarking on the FCTC. Now the FCTC is quite elaborate and, ex and, and, and extensive. It provides recommendations on issues of, of um, how, to, how to manage public health and also the relationship or how countries, and when you're talking about international law like the FCTC, when you talk about parties, it is not the government, specifically be the Minister of Health, the relation they can have with tobacco industry. And the FCTC is very clear that there can never be any relations, relationships between 
um, tobacco industry and public health or you know institutions that are involved in public health because the word they use is that there is an irreconcilable difference between tobacco and public health. From that time, 2004, Kenya embarked on developing our own law, which is the Tobacco Control Act. And this was a lengthy and um, it was like a struggle because um, a lot of stakeholders were involved, a lot of partners were, were parties were involved with the ministry. There was the CSOs played a very important role in terms of doing advocacy and you know providing evidence also the ministry and, and, and also the international community. So um, Kenya made a lot of, 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 of efforts and of course with a lot of interference from the industry. Uh, but eventually in 2007, the act was passed. And that is what we have up to now, the Tobacco Control Act of 2007. But of course, with a lot of interference from the industry, um, like for instance, the industry um, using um, policymakers, specifically members of parliament, trying to compromise them to water down the, the act. And even after the act was passed, they even still made attempts to, to have some provisions of the act nullified, like you know, banning uh, uh, public smoking. So they, they, they've always kept on you know, making attempts to discredit the act. But as of now, we have the act, 2007, and from it, regulations were developed that were supposed to operationalize the act, although the regulations have also been in court because of also interference from the industry. But still, let me say a lot of, of ground has been covered in terms of having tobacco control uh, gains in the country. Thanks for that elaborate explanation on tobacco control. In recent years, we have seen an explosion of shisha, which I believe is a tobacco product. Talk to us about shisha. Now, shisha is an interesting topic, maybe product, probably for those who, who use it. And it comes with different names. We, 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 we are familiar with shisha, some call it hookah. And uh, I'm sure we, we've all heard, especially the young people, you know, talking about these shisha lounges coming up, where people go and, and smoke shisha or hookah. Shisha is, um, is a tobacco product. Well, tobacco products, there are those that we are called smoked, like cigarette, and there are those that are non-smoked. Now, shisha would be one of them. It is a product that is, is in, inhaled after passing through water. So it falls under what WHO classifies as um, water pipe smoking, or tobacco products that are inhaled uh, through, uh, because they are passed through the water and the smoker inhales the, the vapor that comes from the water. Now, normally the shisha would be a combination of, of um, tobacco, then uh, together with some flavor or some fruit essence to give it uh, a different flavor. And that is one of the strategies or the things that are being used to, you know, to attract the young people into smoking shisha. And then the other unique thing with shisha is that the, the smoker not only smokes the tobacco and, and the, the flavors and um, whatever is mixed in the, in the shisha product, but also um, carbon monoxide, what comes from the charcoal. Because when shisha burns, the charcoal is placed on top of, of, um, of the shisha, and that um, the combustion comes from the, the charcoal, goes to the shisha product, it goes to the water, and all of this the smoker inhales. It looks fancy, it feels fancy. I'm sure for those who've seen the, the shisha bongs, maybe online or in TV, or even in, 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 in music videos or even in movies, it is now the trend. 
You know, I'm sure young people see somebody billowing smoke and, you know, sitting in these fancy couches in, in, in the shisha lounges and like, this is the thing. And actually that is one of the strategies that the industry is using mm -hmm. to hook up the young people because it's being sold as it is, it is less harsh because it is flavored, it, 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 it produces a nice aroma, it can be vanilla, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to add into the flavor. But the truth is, it is a tobacco product. But why is that women smoke shisha more than men? Let me just um, relate that also to cigarette. At some point also cigarettes were being, um, there were those that were actually being targeted for women. They would be marketed as, you know, uh, the emancipation for women. They, they would look slimmer, you know, the, the sticks. And, you know, women would be told that, you know, when you smoke, you burn off calories, you lose weight. But now for shisha, here comes um, a product that is, is packaged as less harmful, it is less harsh, it is less harsh than cigarette, so it is softer, it is trying to give it a, a sort of a feminine look, eh? you know, that soft look that, well, maybe if you smoke cigarette, you will look, um, I, I don't know, the, the word maybe you look um, crude or something, but but shisha is it's nice, it's, it looks feminine, I, even the, the way you sit where it is smoked, you know, the, the lounges, so it, they try to make it look like this is something interesting that women can do and still feel like they are not uh, going beyond what the society perceives them to be, you know, the, the, the nice, because you find that most of the women and the people who are smoking shisha are actually from the middle age class who are educated, they are, you know, they go to college, they can afford to go to a cafe or to a restaurant and, you know, sit down uh, with a group of friends and smoke shisha. So it is, it is a deliberate, um, advertising gimmick, if I can use that, that the industry is using to, you know, get women into smoking, into smoking, actually using tobacco products, because that is what shisha is. It mm. is a tobacco product. You've mentioned that shisha is less harmful. Has there been any studies comparing shisha to other tobacco products? Aha, uh -huh. yes, that is what the, that is the perception that the industry is trying to, to paint out there, that shisha is less harmful. Whereas, um, Evidence actually research is showing that that is not the case. Shisha is a tobacco product and actually maybe if I can just mention what our act says. Our act, the Tobacco Control Act, in the definition of what is a tobacco product, even though it does not list shisha as you know in the act, but by definition of a tobacco product, that our act says that a tobacco product is a product composed in whole or in part of tobacco, including tobacco leaves, and any extract of tobacco leaves intended for use by smoking, inhalation, chewing, sniffing, sucking, or sucking, and includes cigarette papers, tubes, and filters. So by that definition, shisha is a tobacco product. And there's nothing that is not harsh about tobacco product. Mm -hmm. And um, evidence or data from WHO actually shows that smoking shisha, like just one, you know, Shisha is, unlike cigarette, which uh, somebody buys and, and smokes as a stick and, you know, they finish, it's like maybe a one-off thing. Mm -hmm. For shisha, somebody, they call them like um, uh, a smoking session. Mm -hmm. So somebody, you can sit for like maybe one hour or 30 minutes or 45 minutes in a day or in a week. But actually WHO shows that just that one sitting of, of maybe like um, one session of, of shisha puffing or smoking can be even up to 20 times uh, worse than somebody smoking the cigarette. The effects of nicotine, they, you know, being addictive and causing all those um, uh, risks to cancer in, to in tobacco, in, in cigarettes, are also there in shisha. 
and maybe additionally also for shisha, there are also other unique challenges or problems that are with shisha that maybe are not in tobacco. For instance, oral health issues. Apart from being, you know, at risk of, of um, contracting like cancers of the mouth or cancers of the trachea or, you know, pulmonary um, complications, because shisha is, is smoked and people share the pipe, it exposes the smokers to maybe communicable diseases like oral health, like maybe somebody other disease, like maybe tuberculosis, if somebody has a problem, um, 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 a mental, um, sorry, um, a health condition, if the hygiene is not good, then this problem is transferred because it is shared. So that is one unique thing that is not there in cigarettes. Really, we do find, well, even though people can share sticks, but the challenges are, are not as they are for shisha. The argument suggests that shisha, like most drugs, can introduce you to hard drugs. How true is this? Shisha being that it is, it is a, let me say, concoction of, of many things, including tobacco products, and as I said, the, the flavors, it creates loopholes for, you know, introduction of other things, for instance, other drugs like bang or cocaine. So you find that somebody thinks they are smoking shisha, but it is shisha that also contains cocaine and bang. And even just in Kenya, Nakanda in 2014 actually banned some of these shisha products. So they come in different flavors. And the reason why they placed the ban was because they found out that some of these shisha were being sold, were laced with either cocaine or bang or heroin or, or other of these hard drugs. So that is also one other big risk for our young you know, brothers and sisters who are smoking shisha. Fantastic. So finally, Celine, what's the government's response to the shisha phenomena? Well, in Kenya, we have the Act, the Tobacco Control Act 2007. The problem or the biggest gap, in my opinion, is lack of enforcement. Because as I've read what the Act says about the definition of a tobacco product, shisha is actually covered. So what is lacking is enforcement. Because according to the Act, um, any smoking, if at all smoking, any smoking or any use of tobacco products to be done, then it should be done under some regulations. For instance, should be done in designated smoking areas. The same should apply for shisha. Right now, you walk in Nairobi, you know, these cafes where you find the so-called shisha lounges, they do not qualify as how the act requires for a smoking area to be. So, it means that the shisha lounges should actually also be treated the way designated smoking areas for cigarettes are treated. Because the DSAs or the designated smoking areas, the act specifies how they should be. Like the smoke, how the, the, the smoke should not, you know, um, contaminate what is um, the, the outside, should not interfere with the other people who are not in that area. But you find the shisha lounges in town. In fact, somebody can just walk with the shisha bong and place it on a table in a, in a restaurant where everyone else is and they start smoking. That is wrong. That shows that you know, the act is not being enforced when it comes to regulating or controlling shisha use. Because otherwise it should be treated as any other tobacco product. The other um, gap is that when it comes to uh, labeling, especially you know, putting the health warnings, the same should apply for shisha. For cigarettes it's very clear. And the act is very clear on how these health warnings are then. And I'm sure we've seen them. Like, um, if you buy a packet of cigarette, there's a warning there that before you buy it, you know that you buy this thing, you're going to smoke it, and this is what you, you can get. That, I've not seen it uh, for shisha products or shisha. So that is also another gap. That, that same information that should be put there to allow, to enable consumers to make informed choices.
because that is also what our constitution in article 46 says about you know providing consumers with, with the, the information they need to make informed choices now um, that means that even the shisha should also contain the same health warnings that other tobacco products contain because ideally those are the um, risks that the users of shisha are facing so they should be knowing before they start and the same should also apply actually even to not just to the shisha but even the the those accessories the act talks about accessories being all those other equipments that are used uh, in the process of either smoking or using the tobacco so that means that maybe a shisha bomb should also contain the, the health warnings and that is not the case so I think the, the biggest challenge we are having is that we, um, we are having you know, major gaps in enforcement of the act to also loop in shisha and control it the way act, the act says and also going into research. We, we don't have a lot of, um, we don't have actually evidence or, or, or um, um, research that is you know, done in Kenya to show just um, how much shisha is being used and the effect it has maybe to the economy and to the development. So those are some of the gaps that uh, should be addressed. Thank you, Celine, for joining us for this podcast. Thank you. Asante sana.